0: You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our special Monday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang, the Seahawks looking for their eighth victory of the season tonight, traveling to Philadelphia to face a struggling Eagles squad, still a very talented team that any given game can put it together. And they've beaten a couple good teams this year and they've been pretty good in primetime matchups. So we're going to finish previewing that contest. And of course, we're going to look at some of the big games that swung Seattle's way yesterday in the NFC. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, They've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether you're watching from the press box like me, or from the comfort of your home, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. A little bit of a weird weekend here again the Seahawks not playing on Sunday playing on Monday night instead a nice 10-day gap between games played against the Cardinals on a Thursday night in Week 11. And so the final injury report did not come out until Saturday. We didn't get a chance to break it down on our shows last week. But certainly overall, this is a pretty encouraging final injury report for the Seahawks because of three names that are not even on the injury list. Chris Carson, Shaquille Griffin, and Ethan Posick, all of who have missed at least two games. In the case of Carson and Griffin, they've missed each of the last four games with injuries. All three of those players should be back in the lineup for the Seahawks, and that's a big deal, particularly with Carson coming back against this Eagles defense that has had its share of troubles during the season defending the run.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Corbin. I mean, that's the thing is that while there is some disappointing news on the on the injury front for the Seahawks, uh, still the the return to the action uh, of Chris Carson, who absolutely kind of sets the table uh, for Seattle's uh, you know rush, running game. Um, Ethan Posick, uh, we've seen what an incredible uh, you know performance that he has had so far, in this his first season as as a center uh, for Seattle. We know that what a, a monster Fletcher Cox can be in the middle, um, so to so have. Posick's size and, ex- and starting experience, uh, as limited as it is, it's obviously more than what Damian Lewis has, the rookie. So getting uh, Postic back, and then Shaquille Griffin is a critical addition to this defense. And we we've talked about him before, how he is the most athletic, the best cover corner uh, of Seattle's defensive backs. And, and so that's really important when you have a quarterback like Carson Wentz, who has the accuracy and the arm strength to be able to attack you deep.
0: Yeah, that's the key here is going to be getting that speed back on the field. And I've had a few people on social media this week say, well, why not just stick with the guys that have played well the last couple of weeks? It's one of those things, yes, DJ Reed has done a nice job out there. Trey Flowers has played much better. He's still going to be in the lineup because Quentin Dunbar is not back yet, but... Shaquille Griffin was a pro bowler last year. You absolutely are putting him back in the lineup now that he's healthy. And this is an Eagles team. They've had injuries at receiver, but they've got a few guys, Jalen Rager being one of them, that have the speed to take the top off the defense. So you want to have that super athletic corner on the outside in Shaquille Griffin for this football game. And Posick, as you mentioned, getting him back in the lineup this team was ragdoll. Joey Hunt was specifically last year in both matchups against the Eagles going against Fletcher Cox, and this isn't to say that Ethan Posick is going to dominate that matchup because Fletcher Cox wins against pretty much every center. You are going to lose some individual battles against him. He's that good of a player, but... It's certainly an upgrade, and Posick is a bigger center as well, so getting him back in the lineup, it just is going to have a trickle effect on the rest of that offensive line as well. As you did mention, though, there is one big omission that the Seahawks are going to miss up front this week, and this could be a really bad game to be missing one of your starting tackles, and that's what the Seahawks are going to have to do. In this game, they're going to have to try to win without Brandon Shell, who was not able to make it back from a high ankle sprain that he suffered against the Cardinals. Cedric Abwehi is going to get his first start since 2017 when he was the starting left tackle for the Bengals. It's been a while since he started an NFL game, but he does have the experience. He did get some snaps against the Cardinals at the end of that game after Shell got injured. But this is going to be a pretty tough test for him getting back into the starting lineup, especially since there have been questions throughout his career about his physicality, this is an Eagles defensive line with a lot of depth and a lot of talent on the outside. They're second in the NFL in sacks, and so... This is going to be a stiff test for him going against the Eagles, and this might be the kind of injury that can tilt things a little bit in the Eagles' favor, at least from a defensive standpoint.
1: It absolutely can. I mean, as as you mentioned, this is the the, the second leading pass rush in all of the NFL, and you know, unlike some of those other teams, Corbin, out there that that have maybe one or two real superstars, uh, I mentioned Fletcher Cox before and just what a monster he is on the inside. It's Philadelphia's versatility on the out side that really makes us a frightening matchup for Seattle uh, you know I, I have a, a great deal of, of talent or a great deal of, of respect for a boy he's uh, physical talent uh, his tools his length his, his foot speed uh, you know his, his balance his natural power uh, you know he is a very talented player he can absolutely handle the, this type of, of a matchup but it, it's the fact that, that that you know one snap you know Philadelphia may be using Derek Barnett that they may be using Josh sweat uh, they, they just have so many different types of body types uh, Vinny Curry is kind of a shorter, squattier guy um, and, and so again you have the, the long lean kind of guys like a Josh Sweat, you, you have the, the, the powerful uh, core strength kind of guys like like a Brandon Graham who are going to be able to use really effective bull rushes to be able to get inside um, get inside the, the chest plate of a boy and push him back, that's been one of the knocks on him in the past it's kind of similar uh, to the Eagles first round selection last year at a Washington State Andre Dillard who you know on this very program Corbin you and I kind of talked about this last year that that we thought that Seattle might be able to get some pressure through Dillard I I worry for the Seahawks uh, that that they might be that the Eagles might be able to get a little bit of pressure um off that right side because again that is where a boy he has struggled in the past it's one of the areas where Shell has really been an upgrade over uh you know over some of the previous players that Seattle's had on the outside. One thing that can be said
0: for a positive, you and I both saw him at training camp, which is worth only so much, but certainly a way he looked good in camp, and this is a guy that has always looked the part of a starting NFL tackle. He just hasn't been able to put it together on the field. Maybe the time he's had with Mike Solari here and being out of the lineup now for a few years, he's in a much different situation in his career. Maybe he'll go out and he'll impress and maybe exceed expectations. The Seahawks can only hope that's going to be the case, but they better be prepared to have a tight end available to help chip or a running back to come up and chip for him in this game, because He might need some help with some of the players that the Eagles have coming off the edge. Five players are listed as questionable going into this matchup. Jordan Simmons, Kyle Fuller, David Moore, Freddie Swain, and DJ Reed. If I had to make a projection right now, I think that three of those players, David Moore, Swain, and DJ Reed, have a better chance of playing. Simmons did not practice at all this week. Fuller was limited on Saturday at practice so maybe he gets back as well. I think Simmons is going to be the one that probably has the toughest time to get back from his calf injury. He's getting close but probably not going to push the issue this game especially now that they've got Phil Haynes back and he can play that swing guard position. We'll see before the game later today which one of those players is going to be active and which ones ultimately are held out for the Seahawks as they go for win number eight. Coming up next in the second quarter, the Seahawks didn't play yesterday, but they got a lot of help. They are back in first place, at least briefly here, hoping to extend that with a victory tonight. We're going to look at how they got some help within the division, a couple teams that normally they don't root for, giving them some big victories to help their cause going for a division championship. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com code, that's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com NFL. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always, Rob Rang. Got a big game coming up tonight. The Seahawks heading into Philadelphia the third time in less than a year that they've played the Eagles in the city of brotherly love. And they're looking to extend quite the streak. Pete Carroll has not lost to the Eagles since he became a head coach back in 2010. They've won their last six games in this series, so they're going for win number seven. It's been a long time for the Eagles since they beat the Seahawks. Again, you have to predate Pete Carroll's arrival in 2010. Seattle wants to get to eight and three on the season. The Eagles suddenly are in kind of a tough spot because the Giants won yesterday and Washington won their game on Thursday, so they need to win to keep pace in the NFC East. It's weird saying that when right now keeping pace is getting to a four and seven record, but that is where the Eagles are at right now. The Seahawks got a lot of help yesterday. As we speak right now, they are the first place team in the NFC West at 7-3. And And the big reason for that, the 49ers, the hated 49ers, coming through with all the injuries that they've had. They beat the Rams 23-20. In final seconds, Robbie Gold nails a game-winning field goal. They got a pick six from Javon Kinlaw. Their defensive tackle, the rookie out of South Carolina, a really rough game for Jared Goff and company, and even Sean McVay called him out after the game. We have to have better play from our quarterback. He has to take better care of the football. I think the Seahawks are probably okay with the fact that he was so giving during Thanksgiving weekend, though.
1: Yeah, that's all I was about to say. I think the Seahawks are feeling pretty thankful um, because uh, it certainly worked out in their favor uh, yesterday, with, with with all of the games in the division basically going the way that in Seattle's favor and, and others as well. Um, you know, with, with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh you know, kind of basically throttling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that that's that that could put the Bucks down. Uh, you know, and, and they're they're in a, a team that one of the few who I, I thought that that really had the, the talent in place to be able to match up. Um, you know, basically man to man with Seattle across the across the entire roster. So I think that was a big loss as well. But you mentioned the big ones in the division with, with the Patriots. Uh, you know, with, with the kind of the stunner over the Cardinals. To me, that was one of the real shockers uh, of Week 12's uh, uh, you know slate to, of games. Um, you know, the, the Patriots. I think this was a theme that I saw you know throughout the the, the week of of uh, NFL games. Corbin was that to me. This was a, a week. I'm, I'm always fascinated. Let me just take a step back and say that I'm always fascinated with how teams handle the Thanksgiving break and just the, just the distractions of family and all that, that it can be to a professional athlete. And obviously that is just so much more bigger now with the COVID complications and everybody's needing to stay healthy. And so to me, watching just a, a lot of games in week 12 and really seeing the, the teams that had prepared and, and you could just see it on the field if they were, it was like a regular week or perhaps even better. They were even more locked in. And then there were some other teams that that really looked, you know, like, like they were not prepared. Um, and, and so to me, that what's going to be fascinating here is because I thought the New England Patriots really, really played a, a pretty solid game and beat the Arizona Cardinals team that, you know, frankly, has more talent than they did. And the same thing with the 49ers and the Rams. The 49ers were the more physical team. And, and to me, that is the the, the takeaway in, in both of those games over divisional opponents is that the Cardinals were out physical and they lost. The Rams were out physical and they lost. And so the, to me, that's where it kind of goes back to with the Seahawks going up against the Eagles. You know, the Eagles are a very physical team team you know that they want to be able to kind of rescue some of their season they're now um, you know looking at the New York Giants as crazy as it sounds the Giants are now in first place in the NFC East Um and you know and so you know they want to steal back that momentum and the easiest way to do that is to be physical so it's going to be up to Seattle to be able to try and match that physicality that you know the Eagles are going to be bringing
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that the Cardinals and Rams both got out physical because that's exactly what happened in the, in the Arizona game They had the ball at the one-yard line. They went for it on fourth down with a couple seconds to go in the half. And Kenyon Drake got stuffed at the line. Now, I happen to believe Drake actually scored on that play. But the officials had no way to confirm it because none of the angles you could get a clear view of where the football was at. But it looked to me like that might have been one of those plays where, unfortunately for Arizona... There was nothing that was conclusive. They weren't going to get it overturned, but I think he scored. Nonetheless, it was a huge fourth down stop at the end of the half. The Patriots took that momentum, came out in the second half. There were even some bad calls that went against the Patriots, and yet they found a way late. The Cardinals missed their field goals and Gonzalez wide right and then the Patriots go down and they get the game winning field goal as time expires and most of the game it just seemed like the Patriots were the ones that were winning at the line of scrimmage even with Cam Newton not having a great day throwing the football. They ran the ball well. They did a good job overall containing the Cardinals rushing attack so that's two straight games. The Cardinals have struggled to run the football for the most part. Seattle had a lot of success slowing them down a couple weeks ago and So my big takeaway there, got to wonder, are teams starting to catch up a little bit with what the Cardinals are doing offensively, what Cliff Kingsbury is doing offensively? Because it does seem like the last couple weeks of that offense has not been humming quite at the rate that we were seeing earlier in the season, especially that first victory they had over the Seahawks. And then of course, the 49ers, this is my takeaway from that game. I don't know how big of an upset. That that really was when you think about the players that came back for San Francisco, Richard Sherman was back in the lineup, they got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson back. So two guys that run the football really well in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, and maybe the most important player on their entire team, aside from Bosa, who's out for the season. Debo Samuel just has, he just has this effect on this football team. When he's healthy, they are a different football team. And he made some huge plays, over 100 receiving yards for the 49ers in this game. He's just so darn tough. Picks up a lot of yards after the catch. Does the dirty work. He's a physical player. And so, the 49ers were outmaned in a lot of positions, but they brought back some healthy pieces. My big takeaway here is as long as they can keep the guys they got back healthy, they get some other players back, they're 5 and 6 right now. They're not out of the playoff race. They could still get one of those last wild card spots. I think that is going to be a very difficult week 17 game, especially if the Seahawks have to play them in Arizona, which is the other big headline coming out from 49ers country this weekend.
1: Yeah, that is, that was a big headline. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that's exactly what winds up happening here. I mean, to me, again, kind of going back to the, the, the divisional, uh, you know, losses by, by the Cardinals and then, of course, the 49ers, uh, being the Rams. You, you said it with, with the 49ers and just the players that they got back. I mean, Debo Samuel coming back, uh, Richard Sherman, coming back, who had an interception in this game, uh, had a, had a terrific, uh, you know, a, a terrific performance. So, uh, to me, it, it very much switches the, the, you know, the powers that be in a division. And so it kind of, it, it just shows that the 49ers absolutely are not done. They are playing good, smart football with Nick Mullen, the quarterback, um, you know, and so they're, they're kind of just changing the way that they're, they're using their offense and they're going back to the running game that, that Kyle Shanahan had been known so, so much for. But you're absolutely right about, about what a player that, that Debo Samuel was. It was like he just willed the 49ers uh, to that game uh, or to that, that victory. And, and so that was just impressive uh, on itself and then with the Patriots uh, being the Cardinals, I, it's not so much that I necessarily think, Corbin, that the that the rest of the NFL is, is really figured out Cliff Kingsbury or really figured out Kyler Murray. I wonder if Kyler Murray is like most players, getting a little bit banged up. This is one of the first kind of games where I've seen uh, the, the defensive line of an opponent of Arizona's be able to really effectively be able to hem him in the pocket, get their hands up, be able to tip some passes at the line of scrimmage. He threw at least one interception in that way. And, and so that's the kind of stuff that and getting the, the head of a young quarterback. You saw him kind of brooding on the sideline when, as you mentioned, Arizona's kicker missed the opportunity to have the game winner, to have Nick Folk come down, uh, Cam Newton lead the Patriots, and Nick Folk was the kicker who made the game winner uh, to send the Cardinals home un, you know unhappy. That to me is where you need to have some leadership. And so to me, it's again, I thought the Cardinals were the best team or the biggest threat to Seattle, I should say, in the NFC West. But the Cardinals, that was a huge. Loss for the Cardinals and a lot of bad signs for that club.
0: Yeah, that is a really big loss because if the Seahawks manage to beat the Eagles tonight, Seattle now is a full two games out in front of them with five games left to play. And obviously, that's not insurmountable, but the Cardinals still have two games left on their schedule against the Rams. So this actually could really benefit the Seahawks because if those two teams split those two games, that just makes life even easier. And even for a team like the 49ers, When you look at the rest of their schedule, San Francisco might be thinking, you know what? If we can just get a couple more pieces back, we've gotten some nice wins, even with the injuries that we've had. We're well coached. That's a physical football team. Again, I'm not counting them out on finding a way to get to the postseason. And maybe by the end of the year, this is the other thing the Seahawks will have to consider week 17 you might have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or a George Kittle coming back. Who knows how things are going to play out. It depends what the 49ers do the next few weeks. If they lose a couple more games, then they're probably just going to shut those players down because they won't be a playoff team. But if they continue to win games and they're hanging around in the playoff race, again, no matter what, that is going to be a tough final game. But that was really my biggest takeaway from these three games that really impacted the Seahawks' playoff standing. As it stands right now, though, as I said earlier, they're 7-3. They are in first place in the NFC West. They have a chance to control their own destiny tonight. You beat the Eagles. You improved to 8-3. You are in sole possession of the NFC West with five games to play. You've got back-to-back matchups against the Giants and the Jets coming up. And then, of course, a game against Washington after that. So this is a stretch. Again, you can't take any opponent lightly in the NFL. But this is a stretch where the Seahawks should go 4-0. And if they do that, they get to 11-3. The rest of the division has a chance to beat up on each other. The Seahawks could be sitting pretty with a couple games left to play. Two tough divisional matchups against the Rams and 49ers. But if they control their business these next four weeks... You know, they could put themselves in a position where even if they lose one of those games, they still might win the division and still might get that top seed. It's going to be tougher now that the Saints are in the driver's seat. But certainly, the Seahawks are right in the thick of things, both to win this division and get the number one seed in the conference. When we come back in the third quarter, there's a big game coming up tonight. In case you didn't know, the Seahawks are going to be traveling to Philadelphia to face the Eagles on Monday night football To wrap up our preview for our Week 12 matchup between these two teams that met in the wildcard round last year, we're going to look at some offensive picks to click, X-Factors, and of course, make our predictions for tonight's primetime matchup. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As an avid distance runner and weightlifter, I'm always looking for an edge when it comes to nutrition. Enter in the Bilt Bar, a delicious, low-calorie, gluten-free protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bilt Bar comes in several incredible flavors, including a few of my personal favorites in peanut butter brownie and salted caramel. To celebrate the holidays, Bilt Bar is unleashing new white chocolate bars for a limited time, including white chocolate cookies and cream and white chocolate salted caramel. Both bars are only 130 calories, have less than 5 grams of sugar, and are packed with 17 grams of protein to enhance your workout. Throughout Black Friday weekend, starting on Thanksgiving Day, all products are 25% off and each purchase comes with two free candy cane brownie bars that are 150 calories and have 17 grams of protein. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday, plus don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get additional savings on your order. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm Corbin Smith, your lead host, joined by Rob Rang. Monster game coming up for the Seahawks tonight in Philadelphia. As we mentioned last quarter, all the dominoes fell in Seattle's favor on Sunday. It gives the Seahawks an opportunity to improve to 8-3 and three and take sole possession in the first place in the NFC West. So looking forward to this game tonight, Rob. We've already looked at a game plan Seahawks victory. We've talked key matchups. Now we're going to put a bow on our preview of this huge game. Yes, the, the Eagles come in with an underwhelming 3-6-1 record, but this is still a team with playoff pedigree, and they're desperate. They need a win, and desperate teams, as we saw yesterday with the way games played out... You can't take anyone lightly, especially a team like the Eagles that is hanging on to their playoff lives in the NFC East right now. So let's finish this, or let's start this off. Offensive and defensive picks to click. A player on each side of the football that you are expecting to have a big game for the Seahawks, or you think needs to have a big game for the Seahawks to win in Philadelphia. Rob, let's start an offense. Who is your offensive pick to click? for the Seahawks going up against this Eagle squad.
1: Well, we, we've talked about it for almost a month now, Corbin. That just what uh, what a, a you know a huge loss that that Chris Carson was for for the Seahawks. You know, w- without him, they, they really uh, don't have the ability to control the line of scrimmage, control the game the, the way that they like to. You, you see flashes of it from from Carlos Hyde, uh, but I really think that, that Chris Carson is going to get the ball early and often against the Eagles, and I think that's going to be the way the the Seahawks are going to try to attack this team. It, as we've talked about before, Philadelphia. His defensive his line, especially, is absolutely loaded. And if you allow them to, uh, you know, to just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, um, then they can rack up some stacks. Uh, they can rack up some quarterback hits, all bad things. But if you uh, force them to to play against the run, um, then I, I really think that you can kind of mitigate that that pass rush. So to me, uh, I'm basically saying I think that Chris Carson is going to run for over 100 yards. I, I expect him to get at least a touchdown, um, and I think that that's the way that Seattle is going to very much try to attack the Eagles over and over throughout the game is by running the football.
0: Any Eagles fans that happen to listen to this podcast are not going to appreciate the fact that I have to throw DK Metcalf's name out there again because fans in Philadelphia are still so bitter that the Eagles picked J.J. Arcega-Whiteside instead of D.K. Metcalf, and that's something that may haunt Eagles fans for years to come, and especially after Metcalf has another big game. I don't know that he's going to do what he did in the playoffs last year. Darius Slay being on him some of the game certainly is going to impact things. I think Darius Slay is a fantastic player. Has been for a really long time. He's having a really good year for the Eagles this season. First year with the team after they traded for him back in March, but I just think the rest of this secondary, I feel like especially if they can run the ball, which I think is going to be a big part of the package coming into this game big part of the game plan I think they're going to emphasize that the play action passing game opens up I like DK Metcalf in this game to go off for over 100 and I think he catches a pair of touchdowns in this game I just think he's the type of player we saw Jalen Ramsey hold him and contain him but I think a lot of that was Russell Wilson not taking his opportunities there were times where DK Metcalf was open and To me, the biggest defense against DK Metcalf is himself when he drops passes. I look at this matchup, yes, Darius Slay is a great player. The Eagles have a couple other corners that are okay, but if he's up against Devontae Maddox and I'm Russell Wilson, I'm immediately licking my lips and I'm going right after that matchup. I just think that this is a game that favors DK Metcalf to get a lot of targets and really cash in with those opportunities against a defense that he had quite a bit of success against in the playoffs as we know back in January now on the defensive side of the ball Rob this is a defense that's playing a lot better the last couple games past six quarters Seattle has given up just 27 points who in your opinion is the defensive pick to click the guy that needs to have a big game on defense for the Seahawks to leave Philadelphia at eight and three
1: yeah it's kind of like we talked about earlier corbin i think that the big matchup you have to worry about from seattle's perspective it was the loss of brandon shell right tackle Well, the same thing the eagles have been absolutely ravaged by injuries themselves along the offensive line so so my pick to click for, for seattle on the defensive side of the ball is going to be their pat their best pass rusher and that in my opinion is carlos dunlap i think that just like how how seahawk fans have been eager to get to see chris carson uh return to the field i think they're eager to see what Carlos Dunlap can do next Uh, and I think that he is very eager himself to to show off on Monday Night Football uh, and really put the Eagles uh, battered defensive or battered offensive line on on roller skates.
0: Yeah you look at the tackle situation for the Eagles right now they are going to be sliding Maialata out to left tackle and then right tackle is going to be Matt Pryor because Their rookie out of Auburn, Jack Driscoll, has been battling an injury this week. So he's probably not going to be your guy. there. They're going to be going with Pryor instead. Again, this is just a really banged up line. They moved Jason Peters inside, and now he's questionable to play tonight. And so this group up front absolutely needs to continue the momentum they've built the last couple games. And Dunlap has an opportunity with the matchups in front of him. The two guys playing tackle, I think this is a great chance for him to feast and have another big game. I'm going to stick along the defensive line. I'm actually going to go with a player that's kind of become an afterthought in recent weeks. With those two tackles being out there, I actually think Benson Mayoa is a player to really watch going into this game because he's now in more of a reserve rotational role, which is what he has done for most of his career. He is now another week removed from that high ankle sprain that cost him three games and i think he is going to have a couple big pass rushes in this game with matchups that are favorable i think his speed is quick twitch off the edge he's got an opportunity to have a big game i in fact i will be surprised if he's not able to get at least two or three quarterback hits who knows how many reps he's going to get out there for the seahawks in this game with dunlap's presence now but I think his athleticism, his ability to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback is going to be a problem for the Eagles' two tackles. Now, let's talk X Factors here a little bit different. We're talking picks to clicks, we're talking guys that we absolutely think need to have a big game. X Factors, kind of that guy that's behind the scenes that maybe isn't being talked much about going into this game, but you have a hunch might have a big game against the eagles it can be an offensive player it can be defense it can even be special teams rob who do you is who do you think is the x factor for the seahawks heading into this monday night matchup
1: well, I'm going to explain it this way, Corbin. but I really, as I mentioned before, I think the Seattle is going to try and run the ball a lot. And I think that the tight ends are going to be absolutely critical in that. Um, and then because of that, I think it's going to be easy for those tight ends to be able to slip away occasionally, be able to hit them over the top. Um, we've seen the incredible rapport that, that, that Seattle or that, that Russell Wilson has shown at Will Disley. And, and Pete Carroll talked about the fact that they want to throw the rookie Kobe Parkinson right into the rotation with, with Greg Olson going down to that injury earlier. So to me, I, I'm going to say, will disley but watch out for Kobe parkinson it would be a very seattle seahawk type of a move to try to to have a highlight kind of a play on monday night football with a player that hasn't been able to do anything for you all season long just to put that guy on the minds of future defensive coordinators preparing for the seahawks in future games
0: I'm actually going to go to the defensive side of the football, and I'm going to go with one of the Seahawks' top draft picks, first-rounder Jordan Brooks. He's been out there. He's been making a few splashy plays each game. This is a game where they are going to need the linebackers to be downhill because one thing the Eagles are good at They run the football well, and they are at the top of the league in explosive runs of 40-plus yards. They've got four of them this year. And so Miles Sanders has that ability. If he can get to the second level and break a tackle, make somebody miss – he can accelerate and he can blow past people. He's a guy with home run threat capability. So that is one way the Eagles potentially in this game, Seattle's got a really solid run defense, but the Eagles have been excellent running the football this year. It's been the one strength for this football team on offense that has otherwise really struggled this season. I think you're going to need a big game from Jordan Brooks. And I just have a feeling Jordan Brooks at one of these points, is going to have that light switch goes on game. There have still been mistakes for him on the field, as you would expect as a rookie. He missed a few games in the knee injury. I just have a feeling this is the game where Jordan Brooks comes up, maybe makes a couple tackles for loss, maybe he gets his first sack. Who knows? Maybe he gets an interception. Carson Wentz has been giving him away to defenders left and right most of this season. I just think Jordan Brooks has an opportunity. This is a matchup I think that works well for him. I think he's going to be on the field more given the fact that the Eagles offense has been so good at running the football. I think the Seahawks will run a bit more base than they have against some opponents. And, the Eagles like running their RPOs too. Who's a guy that might be exploited there or the Eagles try to exploit? It's Brooks. So to me, he is the X factor to watch for Seattle on the defensive side of the football. It's prediction time now, Rob. Real quick, we've got this big game coming up. The Seahawks obviously favored coming in with a 7-3 record. The Eagles are 3-6-1. and They've lost two straight games, but they do have home field advantage on their side. And this is a football team, as I've mentioned several times in this show. They are experienced, they are playoff tested, even with some of the players that have been key to this team's success not being available for this game. They've got a seasoned coach in Doug Peterson on the sideline. It's one of those games where you can expect, especially with how crazy things have been this weekend, that it's going to be closer than people are anticipating. What do you think happens tonight? Seahawks win or do the Eagles pull the upset?
1: No, I think the Seahawks are going to win. I think they're just the more talented team at the most important positions, Corbin. I think they're the healthier team. Um, you know, so I do think that the Seahawks will be victorious. You know, I think if we're going to, you know, try and predict a score, then it'd be easy just to say 17-9 because, of course, that was the, the final outcome in both the Seahawks wins against the Eagles last year. So I'll basically take a, that, that basic idea, that 17-9 score, and just throw in two more touchdowns, one for each of the, the Eagles and the Seahawks. I, I think that it's going to, end up being 24-16. I, I do think there's going to be a possibility for some splashy plays from Metcalf, but especially Carson in the running game. I love that you highlighted the tackling link. it's going to be absolutely critical, um, whether it be Brooks, whether it be Quandre Diggs, I think they both are going to be critical to this game. I do think that you might see a, a big play, a Miles Sanders type of touchdown, Jayler Jalen Rager type of big-time play for the Eagles that makes this game look a little closer, feel a little closer than it actually is, but again, I think the Seahawks ultimately end up winning by At least a touchdown.
0: After what happened yesterday, especially with the Patriots beating the Cardinals, again, you never know in this league what the outcome is going to look like. And the Eagles, they have a quarterback that's been tested that was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. Yes, it's been a struggle for him this year. So this could easily be a game where you overlook an opponent and The Seahawks come out flat, especially with 10 days off. Maybe they're a little rusty, the Thanksgiving effect. Who knows? I don't see that happening, though. I think Pete Carroll and company have managed this virus as well as any team in the NFL. I think the players are itching to get back on the field. They're healthy for the most part. Not having Brandon Shell is going to be something to watch, but I think the Seahawks still have enough talent in the offensive line. I think Russell Wilson will know how to get the football out quickly. I think DK Metcalf is too much of a matchup problem. So I'm going to go 30-17 to 17 as my final score. I think the Eagles will get in the end zone a couple times in this game. I think the run game will find some traction at points because Miles Sanders is a really solid football player. I think they're going to have to run the ball to be able to move the ball. I just think the Seahawks have a few too many weapons, and I think Carson Wentz is going to commit a few turnovers. It's just been a rough season for him. I'm just curious going into this game how much we're going to see Jalen Hurts. That's kind of one of those underlying storylines. Maybe he ends up being a factor to watching this game from the Eagles' standpoint. But I just don't think they have enough guns. There's too many injuries at key positions. Even though they've got a really solid head coach, they've got some talent on both sides of the ball. I just think the Seahawks are the healthier team. They're coming off a big win. The Eagles have really been struggling. I just don't see this game swinging in the Eagles' favor. They might hang around for a while like they did the two games last. Year, but I think Seattle's going to find more traction on offense. I think the pass rush is going to show up. They're going to force a few turnovers and in the end. That's going to be more than enough to get a fairly convincing win on the road. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast platform is, by going to our website, lockedonseahawks.com. When we come back for tomorrow's show, a little bit different setup on our Tuesday podcast with the Seahawks having a Monday night game. We're going to break down offensive and defensive takeaways hopefully from a Seahawks victory over the Eagles. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Hawks.